0: A long time ago, in a galaxy far, far away. The Galactic Republic, Confederacy of Independent Systems, and various mercenary factions, vie for control of the galaxy in a seemingly never-ending conflict known as the Clone Wars. Caught in the middle of this epic struggle, the Jedi Knights strive to maintain order and civility in a deadly game that is being manipulated by the dark lords of the Sith. From the war-torn front lines, Michael Cohen, Matthew Krenke, and their dedicated team of analysts emerge as voices of truth and stability in these dark and deceptive times.
1: Hello, and welcome to the 119th episode of Frontline's The Clone Wars podcast for the episode, The Jedi Who Knew Too Much. I am your host, Michael Cohen, and with me, as always, my faithful co-host, Matt, the
2: Crankster Cranky. Woo! What's happening, Mike? I tell you what, after last week, a little slow start, but this week, wow, really, really kicked into the story. Yeah. Uh, Looking forward to talking some uh, The Jedi Who Knew Too Much, Uh, Soka taking front stage again. I'm looking forward to that, so... But uh, other than that, hey, it's, it's the same old stuff going on in California. Um, I know things are different for you, but we'll get into that another time, I think. Uh, <laughs> um, anything else you want to hit before we get to uh, the news? No, let's, let's jump right into it. All right, let's do that. Here we go.
1: Welcome. I have been
0: expecting you. This is just the beginning. This is where the fun begins. Join
2: us or die. Our meeting was not a coincidence. I'm glad you're here to tell us these things. <laughs> All right, Mike. So, to start us off with the news today, we got uh, John Williams. He wants to score the prequel. So, there was a, uh, I guess somebody was at a concert he was at, right? And uh, he, he's talking to the audience. He says, hey, I'm reminded the first time we played decades ago, um, neither I nor George nor anyone else involved thought this would go far, or in a few years it would be a sequel, and I'd have to revisit the themes. And years later, another trilogy. Now we're hearing of a new set of movies coming in 2015, 2016. So I need to make sure I'm ready to go in a few years for what I hope would be continued work with George, and he says this in the crowd, and the crowd obviously cheers because yeah, George Williams, uh, John Williams coming back to, to Star Wars that'd be awesome. But let's—I don't know—it's this last sentence makes me think. Well, maybe he's not. Obviously, he hasn't talked to anybody yet because he says continued work with George. Well, George is really not working on it anymore unless he knows more than we know, right? <laughs> I mean, he says I'll continue work with George, and I don't know if that was just a, a slip up or he's just really out of the loop as it is. Um, with with movies and maybe just the Star Wars thing. So um, it's great that he at least we know he wants to come back. I mean he's not gonna be retired or anything. It sounds like if they came to him, mm-hmm. they would he would say, Yeah, I'm I'm down for it. So on his end, Mike, he's ready to go. It depends on what Disney and Lucasfilm want to do with that. So anything uh what do you think about this story? Ed? Uh, it's I, I think it's pretty exciting news. Uh,
1: it's it's good to to hear that John Williams is willing to get back in there and do it, I, yeah. Um, uh, you know, if if he's not available for whatever reason, I I've said a few times that I'm good with Michael Giacchino uh, taking over. But uh, and having having now watched Super 8, I I'll sort of reiterate that. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I'm I'm cool with uh, with whoever ends up. Taking the reins on this, whether it's John Williams, obviously much more in, uh, enthusiastic for that. But if uh, if not him, then Michael Giacchino, that would be great. But, yeah, yeah. But this is uh, this is a lot of sort of the rumor and speculation and that sort of thing. It's starting right. to die down a little bit, but we did get
2: a couple of <laughs> Yeah. What's uh, uh go ahead and tell us about the next uh, so the rumor that's been going around Mike. Yeah,
1: so so uh the other big piece of news uh that was sort of floating around last week and over the weekend uh is that Harrison Ford is indeed going to be back for episode 7 and uh and and it's essentially all but a sure thing. So so we'll see. Well, you know, this is uh, this is one of those things. It's it's uh, until we get an official announcement, some sort of real capacity. I uh, I think we take it with a grain of salt. That sort of thing. Mm. But but you know, uh, it 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 is it has been confirmed by several sources, and and uh, and a lot of people are saying that this is the case. So yeah, you know, um, I think that. <clears throat> I think what the official word that we got previously was that Harrison Ford was open to it, as long as the story was great and uh, and, and it was it was a project that he wants to be a part of. Um, I think when you when you get that, that word that Michael Arndt is is writing, that Lawrence Kasdan and Simon Kinberg are are uh, supervising sort of over uh, consulting. Um, and, uh, and of course the biggest news that JJ J. Abrams is directing, mm-hmm. I think that those, those three things, those four people, uh, and if, if Mark and Carrie are also, also in, which they've said, uh, they said publicly that they are of course in, you know, that, that they'd be more than enthusiastic to do it um mm, right i i think when those those elements come together and i think all it takes is for george to call him up and say look we really need you to be han solo and and, and i think this is the thing harrison ford right now he's got ender's game coming out i don't know if that comes out this year or if it comes out next year but but i but we've seen some stills of him in that film mm-hmm. uh which is a big sci-fi franchise and uh I sort of a return for him, um, and and you can kind of tell with Cowboys and Aliens that that's what he's trying for. You know, he did a new Indiana Jones movie, and nothing's quite stuck. So right. uh, yeah. at this point, I I feel like the icon is he's a little bit faded, and uh, and he's still Harrison Ford. He's still right, you know, one of the greatest actors to ever uh, ever set set foot on the on the on the big screen but you know he, he the last few years he's been kind of hit or miss right. so right. so i think that he really needs this i think i think that that from his perspective uh i don't think he's too proud to to say yeah okay star wars may not be my favorite thing but it got me where i am and so i'll uh suck it up and you know put right. on the vest essentially
2: yeah. I, I think you're right, though, about his his last, I mean, the last, I don't know, like you said, two, three movies, four, five, six, seven years, whatever it's been, it definitely has been different. I mean, he's not the he's not the, the fugitive uh, star that he was. You know, when that movie came out, that just, like, blew up, and then he kind of got really, that's, that time frame in between that, before, a little bit after, I mean, he was gigantic. And, you know, the fugitive is going to be referenced in this episode we're going to talk about. Uh, in a few minutes here. But yeah, he like you said, he's just been kind of dying down. And and, and how about this website? And here again, it's just like the J.J. Abrams thing. LatinoReview.com is the one that's going to try to break this thing. It's like, where does this come from, you know? But okay, whatever. Uh, but here's the thing I would ask you before we head to the recap. Um, you know, Harrison Ford was in the Indiana Jones, the last one. And, he, you know, he's still Harrison Ford. He's still Indy. It was cool and everything. But it was definitely, definitely felt different. And I don't know if it was because of the movie itself or the writing, whatever you want to call it. There, there was there was definitely something different about it. Like the mystique of the previous three movies wasn't there or something like that. There was just something seemed like it was missing a little bit. I mean, he still had a lot of the swagger, but uh, I, I don't know. For me, it was just a little bit missing. And is this going to happen with him and Star Wars? I don't know. I don't think he's going to be um uh, have this gigantic role probably and I keep hearing about it. it's going to be just a minor thing you might see him here and there um I don't know it's going to be tough this is going to be a this is going to be interesting how the director or JJ Abrams and the writers handle if he is coming back and mm-hmm. what they do it's it's going to be interesting it's um you know it's like I said I don't know I don't know it's that Indiana Jones thing I just I can say I just there's something missing i don't know if you felt the same way if you love you know what you thought about his his portrayal in the fourth indian anna jones movie uh anything like that concern you at all about him coming back uh definitely concern
1: i mean um i i think one of the problems with the with the fourth indie is that it's a very different it's a different animal uh it, it's it's trying to go for different things it's a. Uh, it's an evolution of the character, and uh, and and you know what? To to be to be honest, I uh, I feel like people had the same response to The Last Crusade for for about a decade after that movie came out, right? Like if you talk to if you talk to uh, like I was a kid at the time, so if I talk to an mm-hmm. adult about Last Crusade, which was which was probably one of my favorites, I love um, that. Um, yeah. other people looked at it like, well, that's kind of the one where started to get all saccharine and family and all that sort of thing um and kind of lost the charm of indiana jones i with the fourth one it's even more so yeah. and i think that the really big the really big issue with the fourth one is the special effects and i uh, at the time it didn't bother me that much but when i go back that that movie is is pretty dated hmm. um
2: that doesn't hold up as well as, yeah, like the original yeah. trilogy or something. Maybe I don't know. Yeah, yeah,
1: exactly. So like, I there's a there's an aspect of it that that I feel like um, they kind of drop the ball on a few aspects of of Indy Four. Um, mm-hmm. I think that Steven Spielberg's been making other types of movies, and uh, and to jump right back into Indiana Jones, I think may have been. Been a bit of a mistake. I think he probably needed something to transition back into that that mindset and to to maybe get a little bit more acquainted with with the the effects technology of now, um, uh, right? Because he'd been using it in very different ways. Uh, it's one thing when it's War of the Worlds and and we know that the aliens are fake and that the spaceships are fake. And it's one thing when it's minority report and everything shiny and futuristic, you kind of get away with a little bit of it, but with Indiana Jones, yeah, like it needs to be authentic, right? Like it mm-hmm. needs to have that, that sort of, um, I don't know, like that, that practical charm to it. Right. Um, in the, in the same way that like Willow has that, the, that very specific thing with like some of the stop motion and uh, and and special effects that are in, in that film um, and other movies. I mean, like I will go back to uh, uh, the original Tron and the original Last Star. Oh, not the original Last Starfighter, but the Last Starfighter. Right. That's just my wishful thinking that eventually <laughs> they're going to do a sequel to the Last Starfighter. Um, right. But uh, you go back to those movies and those those effects are certainly of that era. But I don't feel like they take you out of the movie.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, the Last Starfighter especially being one of the first movies with real reliance on computer-generated like computer generated imagery, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, with with the, the Starfighter itself. So, you know, Indiana Jones, moving forward, needed to have a little bit less of that CG stuff and a little bit more of of the practical effects. Um, in my opinion, as far as story content and plot and what happened, I have no problems with Indy 4. Uh, people don't understand it, and I think that's one of the biggest issues. Mm-hmm. Uh, people also don't understand the prequels. They're, they're very misunderstood right. for similar reasons. the The original Star Wars trilogy is a series of Buck Rogers, Flash Gordon serials but done in a much more serious manner right like done done in a realistic manner but the characters the archetypes the plot
2: mm-hmm.
1: are all very similar the idea of a giant space station the size of a moon that can blow up a planet is ridiculous and silly but and it's very it's very sort of um I don't know it's it's very much like something that Ming the Merciless would do right <laughs> i so it's it's out of that and, and, and that's why the Death Star shows up again in, in the last film, um, in, in Return of the Jedi. But when you go back to the prequels, what you're getting is, um, is that more civilized age. Obi-Wan says it in A New Hope. Right. It's, it's, it's the Shakespeare, it's the renaissance of, of the Star Wars galaxy. Um, especially episode one and two, which both take place before the war. The war is the thing that destroyed that old world order, mm-hmm. and why the old republic no longer exists. Right, like that—that that change from from peacetime and from development and and culture and art into that period of you know turmoil and galactic strife is the reason why, like like that the that's. That's the whole point. It's mirrored in Anakin, but it's also... It's, it's, it's the, the galaxy as a whole that goes through that. So when you watch those movies, if you watch them with more of a literature... Uh, sort of uh, Shakespearean bent on them... They, they ring true a lot more. That's like the, the romance of Anakin and Padme is a little bit... It makes a little bit more sense because that's the romance of a romantic era... Right, so so their language is very flowery and kind of over the top and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I think even some of the actors misunderstood what was supposed to be happening, which is why some of the scenes fall flat. But Ian McDiarmid knocks it out of the park right. consistently because you know he sits down and he goes, "Oh, okay, this is just Shakespeare, yeah. right? Like yeah. that's what this is. I'm supposed to play this like it's theater, like it's stage." Um, right. So it's that sort of thing. Indiana Jones, the original three are adventure novels, Uh, and then the the fourth one is a comic book. And people don't get that. People don't understand that in the like that that era of the 30s is pre comic. It's pre television. So it's very like radio drama, Mm
2: -hmm.
1: um, pulp novel, and that's how the that's how it plays out that's that's the the kind of stuff that's going on uh in in that story uh Indie four is is the 60 uh, sorry like the the 50s uh late 50s so it's like that's the beginning of comic books and and uh, and television and movies and so i mean there's tons of nods in it the 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 red ants are uh are are a nod to i think it's the, the movie's called them which it is a movie like with these giant ants that attack. Mm-hmm. Um, that's why the, I think there's one shot where the ant is like really close to the screen and moves away, and it's sort of <laughs> a trick photography of it being a giant ant. And then, I mean, they are gigantic ants. The, those red ants are, are gigantic. But um, that's why they're in there. Uh, they're, there's also the flying saucer thing, is is part of that 1950s flying saucer science fiction movie thing and the, the the scene that everybody gets the most worked up about of Shia LaBeouf swinging through the, the vine monkeys with yeah, yeah with the monkeys right. is like that is literally a panel from a Tarzan, Tarzan. comic right. right like that's these are these were homages to that era no different than Indiana Jones Raiders of the Lost Ark you know uh, Temple of Doom and Last Crusade were homages to the 1930s uh, and, and and even a little bit of the early forties, like that. That's that's where those are coming from. And if you don't understand that, it's it's difficult to understand those movies. So, um, so I think that th- that they get a lot of flack for a lot of unnecessary reasons. I, like I said, I, I will go back and watch it and and sort of be annoyed by the visuals because uh, some of them are like that scene with Shia LaBeouf. Swinging with the monkeys looks bad, right? right? The uh, the concept of it I have no problem with. I the panel from the comic book that it's taken from and the vibrant green and and the the color palette and everything I think is excellent, um, but the quality of the CG is not there, mm-hmm. like it is in other films. So yeah, so you you know I, it, there's stuff like that that I think that we're all very worried about, but. Go back to, to Trek 2009, which is now, uh, you know, this summer will be three years old. And, uh, and, and that the movie still looks great. I just watched it on Blu-ray recently, and, uh, and it, it looks awesome. There's nothing dated about it. The effects are stunning, and the visual aesthetic is, is fresh and new and interesting. And, uh, and I think that J.J. will bring a lot of that to Star Wars and uh and and revitalize it a little bit hopefully
2: um yeah i think they can't uh, like like we said before I, I think if you're going 20 30 years in the future you got to have these three in there i mean you, even if it's just a yeah. little bit and i think I, the only reason sometimes i get nervous is because i see these these um photoshop things that they take a picture of one of these stars you know either it's mark hamill or harrison ford whatever and they stick them on an old uh, Harrison Ford in the cockpit and you're like, oh, that doesn't look too good. You know, he's just like really looks old and you're like, it just it just looks funny. You're like, oh, man, yeah. it looks weird, you know, but I know that's not gonna, the way it's going to be. It's they're going to get all, you know, makeuped up and everything will be fine. Yeah. It's just you see those. And you're like, oh, that doesn't look too good. But
1: people need to people need to understand that they, they there are many people whose job it is specifically to make these people look good yeah, yeah. for the role that they're uh, taking part in. Um, I think that that costume design is gonna be a very big part of it and I think that hmm. I, I mean like look, Harrison is in awesome shape. Uh, he, he looked great in Indiana Jones in my opinion. like I, I think that, that he looked awesome. Mm-hmm. He looked older. And he's allowed to. He is older. Like yeah, yeah. people, people made that comment about Indy Four. Is it like, oh, he just looks like an old man? That's the point. That's why there were like twenty jokes about the fact that he's an old man because he's too old for it, right? Like that's the whole thing. Right. Um, which you know is the argument can be made that then why would you make a new Indiana Jones movie? But. I think that's a very different beast from what they're gonna do with this new Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think that there's an aspect of passing on, you know, handing over the reins. I, right. I, I think that that for Han, what we will more than likely see is either um, some sort of award ceremony, like some sort of a recognition of of their their contribution during during the rebellion. Uh, some sort of decommissioning of the Millennium Falcon, I only for it to be you know revived later on in the movie, <laughs> I I or or a handing over like essentially handing his kids the keys right, right to the to the car right and saying like look now like like exactly what he says there's an opportunity for it to mirror that moment in Return of the Jedi when he hands it over to Lando for the for the Battle of Endor it's like look now. Not a scratch, okay? Like, um, <laughs> yeah. And uh, and, yeah. and and I got no problems with him dying in the first, you yeah. know, twenty right. minutes of the movie. We've said that before. Right. Um, I th- I think the ones to be more I think the one to be more concerned about is Mark Hamill. Uh, I think as an actor that he can pull it off. I think he's got the chops to get back in that character. I think, but visually, I think that there's a little bit of a um, mm-hmm. there's a little bit of a disconnect, but. That like I like we were saying, it all depends on makeup and wardrobe, right? All I right. mean, they can make they can make Mark Hamill look younger. They can make him look older. They can make him look grizzled. They can make him look fresh. They can uh, put him in flowing Jedi robes, or they can put him in some sort of battle gear. They can do a whole bunch of different things to make him appropriate for what the movie is. Um, and I mean. Man, if Christopher Lee can be doing backflips and right. lightsaber duels with Hayden Christensen and and Ewan McGregor, I'm pretty sure that we can get Harrison Ford, Carrie Fisher, and Mark Hamill to look appropriate for the story. And and I think I think it'll be handled properly. And and I don't know. There's just people who are worried shouldn't be worried. And we're probably talking way too much about this because our audience, I don't think, are the people who are worried. I think that <laughs> the people up. who are yeah. worried would never listen to a Star Wars podcast. <laughs> but uh, yeah. but hopefully what we do is we, we, we uh, verbalize it, we put it into words so that our listeners and everybody can go out, and when they're encountering these people, the naysayers out in the world, that they uh, just call back to uh, to to what we said and uh, mm-hmm. and you know
2: we'll help you out a little bit. Tell them,
1: tell them to shut up. <laughs> just tell them to shut up. Tell them they don't know what they're talking about. Yeah, Harrison Ford is awesome, and uh, just just him yeah. and a new Star Wars movie is
2: it'll be fun. It'll that, definitely it's, be fun. It's yeah. gift enough. Yeah, yeah. Whatever yeah.
1: happens from there is just gravy. <laughs>
2: It is, fun to, it is fun to speculate, though, and, and just to give, just to think, you know. And we'll have some answers fairly soon. I'm sure they're going to start, uh, I'm I'm sure they'll start shooting here fairly soon. Maybe this summer, end of the summer, something like that. So mm-hmm. we'll see. Uh, but we've got to get on to, uh, we're winding down the Clone Wars, man. I can't believe we only have, after this episode, there's only two more. So let's jump into the second part of this arc, this Ahsoka arc. Ready, Mike?
1: Let's do it.
0: there can only be two you are our secret weapons there are some citizens of the republic who believe the jedi order is not what it used to be
1: we can help you reclaim mandalore oh my look at the time well my work is done you are a clone and a soldier
0: in I sense a deep anger in you. Everything that you fought so hard for will be destroyed.
1: Anakin! Sometimes heroes fall despite their strength. Anduron is ours. We
2: are brothers. The truth will Choose your target's life. all right folks let's start it off with this week's episode the jedi who knew too much within a chapel of the jedi temple the masters of the order are joined by republic senate and military dignitaries to honor the six jedi knights killed in the hangar blast after yoda delivers a stirring eulogy the jedi and officials file out so mike we start off um we find out that uh you know this I don't know how it says here because I I didn't even read this. I wrote this these notes down as I was watching. It. I go. He gives a stirring eulogy over this fall over the fallen Jedi, which we don't know who they are. We we, we find out who one is. But we don't know, but it doesn't really matter, right? It's it's uh because it's it's what he says that kind of captured my attention in this this first uh, section here. Uh, he starts off with he says one with the force they are luminous beings are we, but temporary vessels our bodies are. Uh, And and as he's saying this, you have this this altered verse of the Force theme that they're playing uh, underneath. So fantastic in the music part there. Uh, An altered version, like I said. And I love how this sort of gets religious here for me. And and no matter what religion you are, we know, Mike, that he's, George Lucas says, this is kind of a religious type of of story, and especially with the Force and all that. And um, I'm just, it kind of, you know, I, I'm kind of reminded by that when 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 Yoda speaks, um, he's almost talking about he's almost talking religiously. You know, like mm-hmm. uh, you can definitely take it back to that, no matter what religion you have. Uh, and obviously, they show Ahsoka, and she's taking it much harder. It seems like than the rest of the Jedi and rest of the, the crowd there. You know, she's really really broken up about this. So this first section, I really liked it. I love what they were doing. The only thing I couldn't figure out was the lights that were coming through the caskets as they were lowered I, was there something uh was that supposed to mean something to you i didn't really catch it i don't know if you have any thoughts on that or i th- think it was
1: just ceremony oh, This is ceremony okay they're just okay. trying to make it interesting visually interesting right right um but yeah own signature thing okay
2: uh i didn't know yeah like i said i didn't know but I, was, I wanted to see if you had any thoughts on that but yeah. any thoughts on this particular thing about yoda and his uh, his eulogy here um, it's, it's interesting. I think it, it, other than setting Ahsoka's
1: emotional state, uh, it's a, it feels a little bit out of place to me because. Really? Okay. Because what we're, we're coming from last episode, which was very procedural and, uh, scientific and, and, and ended on, on sort of a bit of an action sequence, mm-hmm. um. And I'm just trying to think of it in terms of, of you know start to finish like it's a movie, and uh, and it feels all it feels like a first act thing, not like a right, not like a beginning of act two, um, which is which is really more what it what it's supposed to be, because um, act two will will be essentially this episode and then the next episode and then act three will be the final episode so. Um, yeah, it just kind of—it was a little bit of like, let's get into it, let's 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 move this along. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's pretty short, but
2: almost like it could have been on, on last week's episode at the end, maybe. Is that what you're saying? Instead of the beginning of this episode? Uh, or... I
1: feel like I think it would have felt out of place there as well. Hmm. I, I feel like it's a scene that belongs a little bit more. Um...
0: Hmm.
1: Okay, so here's the here's the bigger problem. We start this the the arc last week with the Jedi starfighter thing, so that it starts with a bang, right? And it's exciting and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, really not important to the story, other than establishing Ahsoka and Anakin are friends, uh, that they that they that they trust each other and that they have a great partnership going. Um, but we didn't need that. I mean, we already know that. We watched the Clone Wars. It's it's evident from the rest of the series. Um, you cut, and then you get this random call that they got to come back to the temple to investigate. So they go back and then it's straight into the investigation. This is a scene that that almost feels like it should have been way in the front or the- before the investigation, right? Okay, as like a they're back. Now we find out exactly what happened. You know, the Jedi, we find out that the Jedi temple was bombed. We find out that six Jedi are dead. We see that Ahsoka is visually like she is, she is outwardly emotional and Mm -hmm. and upset about this. Right. Um, And then that gives us motivation for why she, you know, she's so intent on, on catching the killer, uh, on catching the perpetrator. Uh, and then you know later on we get the idea that oh it's a, it could have been a Jedi, so you know we'll we'll follow that thread until it's no longer important. But this is the thing, like it it that thread gets lost last week because we go oh well it wasn't a Jedi it was it was uh, what was her name Lena Aleta Term- Aleta uh, Termond Letta Um so we drop that thread and then we come back into this episode and we'll talk about it in a minute but I clearly it was a Jedi clearly it was some some sort of force user that had something to do with this so Mm -hmm. you know uh, that thread is now lost but it's going to have to be picked up in this episode but in between we've got all of this sort of we're not even thinking about that we're thinking about these Jedi who are dead, and and uh, and Ahsoka's emotional state. So it just felt kind of it's a little bit up and down. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like this episode needed to get going a little bit quicker. Okay, uh, it needed to, it needed kind of a little bit of oomph up front because it kind of had a bit of a slow start. Um, oh yeah,
2: yeah. So. I, I like the I just I like the fact that Yoda again we get more yoda being being yoda you know he's he's reaching down and he's trying to convey to not only the jedi but uh the other republic people that are around um of of kind of the weight of the issue here and and maybe even more to the jedi like hey you know don't forget Mm -hmm. don't forget you know like he says in um luminous beings you know that speech he says um basically hey we're just here for a while um you know, we're here to do what we can as Jedi, and then in the afterlife, it's 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 almost like a, like a, again we go back to this religious thing, like almost like a heaven type thing. So um, I kind of got a little more from that maybe than than some other people did uh, as far as Yoda's little speech there. I just kind of liked his mm-hmm. his little speech. Um, but other than that, I, I agree with you though. That could have been like you said, way in the beginning of that that first episode, because. It does kind of feel out of place way back in this in this particular episode. So Yeah. Uh, go ahead. Uh,
1: let's see. Uh, uh, Ahsoka hears from Admiral Tarkin that Leta Termond has been moved from custody within the temple to a military facility. Tarkin firmly explains to an incredulous Ahsoka that since clones were killed in the attack, and since the accused is not a Jedi, it is indeed a military matter, not a Jedi affair. Ahsoka is emotional. She does not want Leta to avoid punishment. Anakin warns her to to temper her emotions. As Anakin and Tarkin continue along, Ahsoka parts ways and walks with her friend Barriss Offee. Barriss wonders whether or not Ahsoka is wrong to feel so emotional. Ahsoka puts up a strong front, but their conversation is interrupted as she is called to the war room with word of a Separatist attack on a distant system.
2: So... They're deciding, or they're having this discussion, and mm-hmm. it's pretty. This is a pretty good little scene right here on whose prisoner. Let you know who is she? Is she's is she a Jedi prisoner? Is she yeah. a Republic prisoner? You know, she killed, uh, she bombed, and it killed Jedi. But then there is also Republic workers that work there too. So this little back and forth, and man, you're really starting to see, um, you know, Tarkin, and and you hear this from Dave Filoni's. Um, Behind the scenes video, you know, this the machinations of of the the empire are really starting to kick in now, you know, and and even Anakin, Anakin, he's he's telling Ahsoka, you know, hey, you know, it's coming from Anakin. It's kind of funny. Hey, revenge is not the way, you know. We we got to deal with this uh, in the right way, uh, it, you know. It's it's the it's the dark side, not in the dark side, but you know, hey, you you can't you can't just revenge. Mm-hmm. It's not the way to do it. This is the Jedi Temple, you know. We're we're Jedi. We're peacekeepers, you know. Um, but I love how. Tarkin explains that the Jedi should be removed from uh, military matters, so uh, Tarkin's an ad- admiral now, and mm-hmm. uh, obviously getting his uh, commands from from Palpatine, um, kind of separating the Jedi now, and we'll see what happens later on about when Anakin comes into this, this prison, uh, it's totally different now, and we'll, we'll talk about that when we get there um let me continue mike or you got something here uh well
1: i just wanted to point out that i I find it interesting uh that that they sort of focus on anakin and and he's saying the right things here right uh he's uh right now he is the jedi he's supposed to be right um which to, to reflect his his statement in episode three uh when he says that he's not the jedi he's supposed to be um Right now he is, and he's emotionally stable, he's, uh, he's right-minded in, in, in motivation, and, uh, and I think that's really interesting. But I think that one of the important parts here is that uh, we're talking about revenge, and revenge is not something that Anakin or Vader... Had uh, I I suppose that there's a there's a slight bit of uh, of a revenge thing in in uh, episode two when he kills all of the sand the, people yeah. the sand people uh-huh. but um, I I don't know I don't really see that as revenge as much as I see it uh, that he was just out of control mm-hmm. right that that he was just oh there yeah was, there was yeah. too much emotion revenge is is something that's a little bit more um
2: it's more plotted out isn't it or yeah planned like maybe? it's
1: it's a little bit more calculated than that i mm-hmm. uh, what like i would i would categorize the the slaughter of the sand people it was it was definitely dark side obviously but uh it was more of a crime of passion, passion than yeah, it was yeah. uh, it i agree sort with that. of yeah i uh, i uh,
2: premeditated this premeditated idea right,
1: right that that you know he didn't go there with he went there with the intent of rescuing his mother not with the intent of rescuing his mother and meeting out justice against the sand people for what they did mm-hmm. right uh, but it's not until his mother dies that he he just he loses himself in that anguish and and uh, the only thing that he's capable of in that moment is anger and and i think i think the the to underscore the fact that it's not revenge he doesn't just kill the ones responsible he also kills as he says the women and children right mm-hmm. um not just the warriors not just not just those that tortured his mother so um it's really i i think that if anybody was there they would have been killed <laughs> right? Yeah. Oh, if yeah. any if any other animals or creatures were around. They're like uh, those those uh those massifs are probably all dead as well. Um
2: Yeah.
1: So it's very different than what Ahsoka is feeling here. Uh and it, this is a thing that Ahsoka has felt before, uh, which is, you know, it's it's our job to do justice, it's our job to to Right wrongs, and Anakin is a little bit more like, no, that's not really the role of the Jedi. The role of the Jedi is to keep peace, and as a Jedi, you you know, your inner peace is, is paramount to that. And he's sort of he's trying to teach her here. Um, and then I think the other aspect of that is that whatever is gonna happen to Ahsoka in these next two episodes, I. Uh, I think it's going to have a lot to do with Anakin's emotional state going into Revenge of the Sith, mm-hmm. um, and uh, and and it will inform the idea of him feeling the need to control and protect, which is where his his dark side comes from, right? Like it really comes from this perverse sense of love uh, that is really it's really more about possession than it is about. Um, I don't know companionship or partnership but for him it's more it's more I care about the I love these people I want these people right they these they belong to me than it is I, uh, about service to them and that sort of thing so mm-hmm. so Anakin uh, if some people I think are are sort of feeling like it's weird that Anakin is saying don't go down that path but i think it's very it's it's very astute writing that anakin would be wary of this and that he would see it because he does he has touched the dark side he does he he does by choice every now and then but if you if you look if you pay attention every time he does it has been in in an effort to protect others mm. right and uh, and his his lines in revenge of the sith about bringing Peace and order to his new empire. Uh, that's that's the mentality that's been twisted. Is that it's not about it's not about I'm gonna get I'm gonna get back at the Jedi Council because they didn't make me a master. That's not that's not what it was. That I think uh, lent to his distrust of the Jedi Council, which allowed him to play right into to the Emperor's hands. But. But it's a very different thing, right? Ahsoka, though, is very, like... She feels... She feels uh, not just distrust, but disdain, I think, for the military. Specifically for Tarkin. Um, which is not very Jedi-like. Uh, she does have this sense of justice that we've gotten several times. I uh, and she's she's very aggressive. She but she's been trained in the midst of a war, and I think that's the that's the lesson that we're supposed to be learning here is that how do you expect a Jedi to come out when this is the circumstance under which they come of age, right? Mm-hmm. Um, Ahsoka was very innocent when she showed up. She was maybe a little bit brash, but but definitely innocent. She is not that person anymore. Uh, what we saw last season uh in in uh, a friend in need i think proves that and then at the beginning of this season with uh with the Onderon arc she's she's become a very formidable warrior mm-hmm. uh she's very intelligent she's very cunning and uh and i think now we're starting to see the negative aspects of those things um and it's gonna it, it's 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 all part and parcel of i think the 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 path that she's going down
2: but. Mm-hmm. well I, since you're talking about ahsoka briefly here um she talks with baris sophie too and i thought that was a pretty interesting quick little scene here um she you know she tells Barris that she feels that it, it's not uh, it's hard not to let feelings turn into attachment mm-hmm. and, and pain mm-hmm. and uh, and even Barris she even asks if it's right to ignore emotions and 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 Ahsoka's telling her, you know, Anakin says, try to move, you got to try to move past them. So, you know, it's, now I'm starting to realize that as a Jedi, I think the hardest thing, obviously now, the hardest thing for them to get through, it's not lightsaber training. It's not, you know, standing on your hands and trying to force lift a rock over here or something like that. It's, it's getting past this emotions and, and your feelings. I mean, it's got to be, I mean, it's something that obviously they, they fight, not fight, but, it's a struggle um, every day, all the time, that they have to, especially if they come from loved ones or like, especially Anakin, you know, he's obviously a lot worse because he was taken a lot later. But, mm-hmm. but still, that's got to be a hard thing. Even Barris is talking about it here, you know, it's, you know, is it right to do that? You know, they're questioning it right there. Is it right to not address your feelings once in a while? So I thought that was a pretty cool little uh, a little scene between those two, uh, and also talking about things that happened to him back in episode two, with the uh, I think it was Bright Invaders or something like that, uh, where they had a similar type uh, of talk there. So, uh, yeah. a, a nervous Letta reveals that it was a Jedi behind the bombing. A Jedi had sided with her political beliefs that the Order had compromised itself by supporting the war. The Jedi accomplice supplied Letta with the nanodroids and taught her how to turn them into a weapon. Letta believes. She has been set up to take the fall for this conspiracy. Ahsoka is skeptical. She demands to know the identity of this Jedi, but leta will only reveal if she gets protection. Leta was told that it was uh, that if she was ever in trouble, Ahsoka would be the Jedi to help her. As Leta begins to reveal the Jedi's ad- identity, her voice halts mid-speech. She is choked by an unseen force. Ahsoka reaches for, uh, reaches for, attempting to save Leta's life. The security clone troopers see only Ahsoka reaching for Letta uh, as Termon chokes to death. They rush to the cell, but Letta is already dead. Though Fox feels Ahsoka was uh, justified in killing a traitor to the Republic, he has no choice but to arrest her.
0: My life is in danger. The person behind this will be able to get to me unless you know the truth. Hmm. What's the truth? A Jedi. A Jedi showed me how to create the bomb, and how to put the nanodroids in. Why would a Jedi do this? There are some citizens of the Republic, like myself, who believe the Jedi Order is not what it used to be. The Jedi have become warmongers. They've become military weapons, and they're killing when they should be keeping the peace. One of these Jedi agreed with us. One of you wanted to make a statement, and was willing to attack your own order to do it. Who? If you protect me, I will tell you. Because it is obvious to me that I have been set up. Letta, you have to tell me who is behind this. It's... Letta! 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 Prisoner, health, critical. Holding cell, one, seven, three. Commander Fox, the prisoner! Follow me! (gasps)
2: <gasps> wow mike i tell you i just i have that written down it's just wow i was i tell you what i was on the edge of my seat on on that particular scene because you're like mm-hmm. you're gonna hear who it is you know who's behind this whole thing but come on they're not gonna let it go that early are they but well you know she claims she was set up by a jedi uh a jedi bombed the temple and this like i said this scene had me on the edge of my seat uh, uh, you know i we're about to hear it. Come on, here it comes. No, Force choked. So, obviously, a, this is a powerful Force user. We don't know if it's a Jedi yet, though. We don't know what it is. It's obviously something very powerful because they're able to do this unseen, undetected. Even Ahsoka doesn't sense anything uh, that's going on. So, you know, are we dealing with a Jedi who's gone rogue, like a uh, Krell? Or are we dealing with just a regular Jedi who's has some... Ba- she says it's a Jedi who... Maybe Dooku, like who who's just fed up with the Order. You know, they're fed up. We're in this war. We shouldn't be in this war. So, I, I'm kind of clueless right now. I don't know who it could be. Do you have any ideas uh, who it could be, or any thoughts on this scene here, Mike? I uh, well, you know, the the first
1: inclination is that it's uh, that it's Asajj, right? Because we know that we're going to see her later on in this arc. Right. But I uh, but somebody. Astutely pointed out on over on uh, Clone Wars podcast, or sorry, not on the site, but on the uh, Facebook.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, I should have brought that up. That I that we will more than likely see a, a Asage showing up as as a bounty hunter, uh, attempting to capture Ahsoka later in this arc, um, mm-hmm. and, and I think that that's probably more accurate. Than, uh, than, than the assumption that that Asajj had something to do with this. I uh, in uh, just in this moment of, of sort of going through this and 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 rereading it, or sorry, re-experiencing it by reading it. Um, I'm beginning to think, what if it's not a Jedi at all? Mm-hmm. Right, right. Um, That's what I'm saying. Think, yeah. Think about how how I uh, uh, J- uh, sorry, it was Jacoby. J- Whatever the guy's name was that got blown up last, last week, I uh, think about how he died. He died by way of uh, nano droids. Oh right. So, right. what? Who's to say that? Yeah. yeah, Jakar. I. Uh, who's to say that those nano droids aren't also capable of, of. Uh, emulating a force choke. Let's say, mm. um, somebody with the proper skills would be able to do that from a distance with Ahsoka safely in, sorry, not safely, but with Ahsoka and the the prisoner in a cell. Um, I think for a Jedi, it would be a little bit more difficult. They would have to be nearby in order for that to happen. That said, in a moment when we see, you know, uh, uh, Ahsoka's escape, um, it appears that there is somebody around Right. That, that's that's helping her out. That's trying to that set all this up. I mean, the fact that they let a mentions. You know, if if I if I was ever in trouble, I was supposed to contact you, Ahsoka. Um, yeah. They, this is somebody. This
2: we got clues here. Yeah.
1: Who's gone to great lengths to do this, um, and you know, like I'm trying to think back a few, uh, like uh, see who's. Who would have a reason to do this to Ahsoka? Um, The only thing that I can think is that this needs to happen as part of Palpatine's plan Mm -hmm. for Anakin. In the end, Palpatine is the one who is responsible for this. It's possible that Tarkin is is a part of this. Um, That Tarkin is, is the one who's pulling all of these strings um but i guess we'll just have to wait and see it's all this episode did was ask more questions <laughs> it did it yeah. Didn't answer
2: any <laughs> uh, you know they're giving you some clues but can you can you really trust them you know it says he's a jedi it's a force user um there's lots of setup going on here so i mean they really got me just i have no idea um so i don't know i will see if we can find some more clues in here uh go ahead mike i think it's your turn
1: Uh, Ahsoka is imprisoned at the Imperial facility. She is visited by Tarkin, who reveals to her that her encounter was recorded with security cameras. Strangely, the images were recorded without sound, which means Ahsoka's encounter with Leta looks very damning. Anakin, angered by the situation, comes to check on her, but Clone Commander Fox will not let him in, as per Admiral Tarkin's orders.
2: So we get the obvious callback to uh, Tarkin and Leia in A New Hope, Mike, and it was really, really good. I mean, some of the shots were, like, almost shot for shot, it seemed like, and especially when Tarkin grabs uh, Ahsoka's chin with, you know, like his thumb and his forefinger and kind of, you know, throws it to the side a little bit. I mean, just perfect stuff. I love that right there. And questions? Uh, You know, here's the thing. Tarkin knows. It's funny, that Tarkin knows the powers of the Jedi, and, and he even asks Ahsoka, you know, why didn't you sense... This other force user, uh, when this was going on, you know, uh, so Tarkin is very well aware of, of what's going on with the Jedi, and mm-hmm. some of their powers. So I thought that was kind of cool too. But yeah, some really cool callbacks. Um, we'll get some some other movies in here, but uh, yeah, I just man, Tarkin's great. Steven Stanton, uh, fantastic as always. So uh, really good episode, uh, really good scene there. What do you think, Mike?
1: Yeah, yeah, it's, just like it's, it's you know, excellent. Um, I I really like. What they did with Anakin in this episode, uh, I, I really like how they've used his character. Mm-hmm. Um, we haven't really gotten to see a lot of him this season, right? <laughs> because yeah. his arc got removed from the season. So I, so yeah, it's nice to see that character doing what he does, uh, being Anakin Skywalker, and uh, and 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 I, I just feel like a uh, great performance from from. The three main characters in this episode, Anakin, Ahsoka, and Tarkin, uh, mm-hmm. all, all three of them are are sort of at the top of their game right now. So yeah,
2: I'm, I'm glad you brought up Anakin too because I just I just remember into that, you know, at this particular point in the in the show, I mean, he's re, he's really starting to get pissed here, and I was almost hoping like he was going to do something there. You know, it's like oh boy, he's gonna he's gonna take out the lightsaber. He's gonna do some force choking. What's he gonna do? You know? I think he was he be- close. He was close. He was, huh? he
1: was close. Yeah. But, the yeah, the, yeah. the anguish in his face, mm-hmm. and and just the the sort of boiling rage right underneath the surface. Um. Man, it. Yeah, it, it was close. Yeah. It, yeah, like you're 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 sort of like going minute by minute, going like, is he gonna snap? Like, when is he <laughs> going to? Yeah when's he gonna do it and you kind of want him to right because you know that ahsoka didn't do it and you know that this is wrong and there's right. some, something isn't right something's something is going on here and uh, yeah it just it's it, 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 it it's really well played with that character yeah um, I, I feel like our frustrations as viewers, is being played out in Anakin. Mm-hmm. Um even especially later on uh, and we'll, we'll talk about that. One
2: yeah. Oh, definitely. But well, I I just say that, you know, um like I said earlier, you know, that's kind of like a turning point is going on here in the Clone Wars where um Anakin look at he has he doesn't have any control in this in this military facility now that that Tarkin has built. I mean, you see it's all laid out there. There's there's you know, vehicles, military vehicles, all over the place. It's a prison now. Looks just like the Death Star with the the, uh, the hallways and stuff. So yep. I just thought it was a particularly good point that Anakin had no control over anything in there. He was going to get her out, and they was like, no. And they even ignited their um, electrostaffs or whatever they have. Uh, mm-hmm. t- if they had to, they were gonna they were gonna fight him. It seemed like. So wow, that's that's a pretty big. A pretty big turning point there uh ahsoka awakens in her cell after some fitful sleeping to find a key card on the floor outside her cell assuming that somehow anakin is helping her ahsoka lifts the card with the force and uses it to unlock her cell sneaking down the hall she is shocked to discover several clone troopers knocked unconscious lying on the floor next to the incapacitated clones are her lightsabers and comlink she scoops them up just as commander fox arrives and jumps to a terrible conclusion Fox sounds the alarm and puts the facility on lockdown. And Ahsoka is really getting set up here, Mike. And, and um, some more scenes from uh, Star Wars the blast doors As she's running through. Uh, mm-hmm. The blast doors are closing as, and she's flipping around. It was kind of a cool little callback right there. But yeah, she's really getting set up here. And you just mentioned this earlier, Mike. And, and again, it's just like, where, you know, like more questions. How, what is going on here? Um, why does somebody want to set her up? Um, are they trying to get her to leave the order? There's so many questions going on right now, and, and nothing's been answered. So really building up a, a ton of questions. I can't wait to get some of these, uh, some of these answered. Uh, go ahead, Mike.
1: Uh, sorry, where are we? Here? Ah, Ahsoka runs from the clones. Uh, so yeah. Sorry, Ahsoka runs from the clones, flipping through closing blast doors and turning blind corners. Reaching an intersection, she is dismayed to find three dead clone troopers killed by a lightsaber. Fox opens fire and alerts the security team to shoot to kill. Captain Rex and Anakin arrive, and Skywalker immediately countermands Fox. Rex cannot believe Ahsoka would have killed clones. Anakin calls out to Ahsoka for her to stop running. He believes in her innocence. Ahsoka realizes someone is setting her up and refuses to surrender. Skywalker takes command of the search for Ahsoka. Rex puts on, out an APB for the fugitive Padawan. Suspect has killed three clones. Code red. If you see the target, shoot to kill. Delay
2: that order, Commander Fox.
0: She's killed troopers. I know Commander Tano. She would never do something like this. Then who did? Quiet.
1: Ahsoka! It's me, Anakin.
0: Stop running. You can't help me, master. Someone's setting me up. I believe you, Ahsoka. But no one else will. Keep searching until we find her. Rex, call security. Tell them we need to search the entire base. Now. General Skywalker has just issued an all-points bulletin on Commander Ahsoka Tano. She's killed three clones and should be considered armed and
2: dangerous. And you know what, Micah, the more I hear uh, and see things like this, I'm more um, of the mindset that Order 66 was not something that was um, ingrained in the clones. It was something that, through these Clone Wars and through the stuff we're going to see coming up, and just through the order of, of um, Palpatine and what the clones have seen and what they've experienced, that it was just something that, like, yeah, the Jedi are, you know, a threat to to them and, and everything that's going on. So, especially stuff like this. I mean, they're actually trying to kill Ahsoka right here. Uh, no ifs, ands, or buts. It's, it's no stun at this point until Anakin calls for it later. But they're trying to kill her. And... Um, she's really been obviously set up bad, but they don't know that. So, um, but you know, it's it's this big confusion, you know. It's like the temple was bombed and Jedi were killed, but clones, like I said earlier, clones were killed as well. Republic, some people, regular people. Um and then they you know, they suspect that a Jedi was behind it. Turns out it wasn't, but then we find out maybe it was. So there's just it's just so many it's a lot of confusion. Um obviously Palpatine he's got to be behind this in in some fashion or another mm-hmm. but uh and, and like you said earlier you know ahsoka now she, she's after all this time she is smart enough to realize that no it's not going to work for her to come in she's going to have to do the fugitive thing and, and just try to figure this out on her own even though anakin is behind her and, and she actually trusts him uh but she's still got to do it on her own so um what do you think about the order 66 thing i mentioned though no, it, it What's your feeling on it? Do you think it's something ingrained or do you see something like this and you go, wow, I think it's just the clones just, uh, finally getting tired of, of and being fed up with the Jedi. What do you think?
1: Well, I, I think that order 66 is something from their initial training. I, I think, I think the fact that, you know, Palpatine has been planning this for a long time and, mm-hmm. and it would have been, it would have been part of Dooku's original orders, um, is to, to put in that fail safe to kill the Jedi. And I think I think Dooku knew about it and Dooku <clears throat> is just sort of waiting for the moment. Because um, he knows he knows that that Palpatine is is sidious. He he he's not an right. idiot. He's he's aware. He makes the comment to Obi Wan, which uh, which I think, uh, like that, that was a moment of him trying to get Obi Wan to join him so that they could go and they could destroy Palpatine and then he could it, uh, enact all of the plans. Um, but th- this whole idea of Order sixty six was initially planned by Palpatine, so it's not um, it's not that they're brainwashed, but mm-hmm. to a certain degree, it kind of is because the clone troopers are. Bred for obedience, they're they're bred to be docile and um, and to follow orders. That's that's what the Kaminoans did. Uh, they did that while while maintaining their their warrior spirit and all of that sort of thing, which uh, which is what makes the Kaminoans such amazing cloners. So so I think that there's an aspect of it that that they do want to follow orders for the most part. I mean, we, we do get the odd one that that's a little bit more unique but
2: well, they have but, shown they, they have shown that they do have a tendency to think on their own and i think there's yep. a reason that they're they're showing us that not one not two but there's been at least that we know of what three or four um and then there's who knows yeah. offhand but but go ahead i'm sorry but yeah
1: i i mean i think that it's just a it's just an order um and and i think there, it's possible that we'll get sort of a uh, an answer to order 66 at some point in the show, especially with a character like Tarkin floating around. Uh, I think that there's an opportunity for them to tell that story of you know where order 66 comes from, uh, whether that's through you know referencing, you know uh, well they were they were trained with with a set of standard orders, one of which is order 66 or whether or not they create order 66, as part of this military um takeover Mm -hmm. uh scenario that's going on but uh maybe maybe even as a result of this arc um who knows we'll we'll have to wait and see exactly what's what's gonna happen with that
2: yeah okay
1: i don't know it's interesting
2: yeah yeah definitely i'd love to see some kind of uh explanation if even a little one of, of how that worked out, because that's mm-hmm. that's a that's a big part of the Star Wars um, mm-hmm. saga. Uh, Ahsoka sneaks her way outside the base. She climbs along the walls, the base walls, avoiding clone trooper patrols. Captain Fox spots her making her way to her speeder. A heavy weapons emplacement destroys her escape speeder, leaving her stranded on the base. She dashes dashes towards an adjacent industrial pipeline. Anakin catches up with Fox and orders weapons set to stun. He wants her taken alive. And we got a kind of a quick glimpse of um, a new clone trooper, uh, almost like a canine handler or something like that. You know, he's, mm-hmm. he's got these uh, dogs that he calls he calls a grizz, I think, or grizzer, um, with the different face masks with this um, almost cloth-type thing draped over on the sides with the mm-hmm. colorful, uh, almost look like a dog's jowls or something like that. Interesting, interesting look on the clone troopers. But uh, he wants Ahsoka, and he wants her... Uh, taken alive, obviously. I mean, this is his Padawan. He he cares deeply about her, so he doesn't want her killed, of course. Um, But anyway, go ahead, Mike.
1: Uh, Okay. Uh, Stun beams wash against the gantries and pipes uh, uh, that crowd the industrial space. Ahsoka dodges and deflects the beams as she frantically tries to outrun the clones. From a gunship, Oddball shines a spotlight on Ahsoka as she runs across the central viaduct. As rain starts to fall, a near-miss from a clone causes Ahsoka to drop one of her lightsabers. She is soon surrounded by clone troopers and cuts her way into one of the massive pipes. Anakin and a squad of clone troopers follow. Uh, Sensing Ahsoka in the force, Anakin breaks off from the rest of the clones and finds Ahsoka standing at a dead end. A massive drop from the end of a water pipe into a huge portal that opens into the underworld of Coruscant. Uh, which I, I, this is a, this is a visual setup for 1313. Uh, ah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, it's, it's a very, it's a very clear tie-in, um, to, to sort of give the sense of, of these large,
2: mm-hmm.
1: these large networks of, of sort of these, these pits to get down to the lower levels of, of Corson. Um, have
2: we seen anything like that before? not that i can recall, no. I'm trying, no. trying
1: to think if we saw something like that when uh, so it was the episode where Ahsoka and Plo Right. Uh, I was thinking of that one too, yeah. Were we're they, cruising around. They cruised right down there. through there. Yeah. 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 But I don't know that we ever saw them sort of in transit. So right. um I this is the uh, this is coming up sort of the this whole part, the 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 fugitive moment. Oh um, yeah, yeah. With her at the end of the pipe the second she gets into the pipes you know that that's where it's going yeah um, of course yeah but it was uh it was man just visually it was it was a stunning sequence i mean oh yeah yeah um, to see what happens when a stun blast gets shot at at a at a lightsaber um I think it was was very cool, effect, cool. yeah, uh, yeah. yeah it's a very very cool effect how it kind of washes over as she uh as she deflects them she lost one of her lightsabers which i think is interesting it's going to be that's going to be difficult yeah. for her in the in point, the coming yeah. episodes but uh but she does manage to sort of evade everything even even though she's vastly outnumbered and outgunned um which i think says a lot about ahsoka and a lot about jedi uh that 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 they are resourceful, if nothing else, mm-hmm. um, and the, and her escape through the through the pipe system is a is a pretty great sequence, um, right? But but it's really it's really this last piece that's uh, that's the most interesting. So why don't you uh, okay uh, finish up?
2: Anakin implores Ahsoka to surrender so she can prove her innocence. Ahsoka is desperate, though she trusts Anakin, she realizes something much bigger is working against her. With a farewell to her master, she leaps from the pipes into the depths below. Ahsoka, what are you doing?
0: You didn't even try to come and help me. They wouldn't let me in to talk to you. You could have if you tried. How would that look, Ahsoka? Huh? Forcing my way in would have made you look even more guilty. (laughs) I'm not guilty. Then we have to prove you're innocent. The only way we can do that is by going back. I don't know who to trust. Listen, I would never let anyone hurt you, Ahsoka, never. But you need to come back and make your case to the council. No, I'm not going to take the fall for something I didn't do. I am ordering you to put down your lightsaber and come with me, now. Trust me. General Skywalker, where are you? I do trust you, but you know as well as I do that no one else will believe me. Anakin, you have to trust me now. Ahsoka, I do trust you. I know you do. Wish me luck.
2: Uh, well, like I said, Mike, the fugitive ending, what a way to end it. And, mm-hmm. you know, like it says here, she is desperate. Um, and, you know, obviously they, they kind of trust each other. I mean, they keep talking about it. Um, but... You know, obviously Ahsoka knows that there's something else going on here. Is there somebody else working against her and going back and just turning herself in. There's no way that's going to do anything because um, Anakin doesn't know that she was all the setup that was done before that, you know, with the clones <laughs> laying around, the lightsabers and all that. So she's got to do this on her own. But um, as far as the action scene just before this, yeah, great action. Uh, she's you know, jumping around, showing her skills, uh, blocking things, like you said, blocking stun bolts. Very creative, uh, she is. She's very resourceful, able to think on her feet. Obviously, uh, the training from Anakin is really coming through here. Kind of like Anakin is, he's able to, you know, in moments notice, I mean, she's trapped. And then she's like, oh, okay, I'm gonna go up here, cut a hole, boom, I'm, I'm going through here. So very resourceful, very, um, you know, smart and able, like you said, she's been, obviously gotten a lot smarter as as time has gone on, but um, and then like you said, jumping off. The only thing I would ask you, Mike, is wow, that was kind of a far jump. Uh, I was kind of like, oh man, that was a little too far. Couldn't they have that platform or that thing just a little higher? I mean, we know we've seen <laughs> see some like these guys jump and and they land, but that was a long long fall. So and just to land on her feet, I was like, all right. I'll give you that one, but I guess I wish it was a little higher just to make it a little more believable. But it doesn't take away from from what was going on here. Just a lot of stuff going on with Anakin. Man, he's really trying to get her to come along, and she's just she's not mm-hmm. going to do it, Mike. She's not going to go. So, what are you, what are your thoughts on this end here?
1: Uh, I this is this is one of the strongest scenes in the entire series. I think mm-hmm. it was it was so. I, I, this is this is Anakin's best performance. In, in the entire series, in my opinion. And, and I think we might still have some great stuff coming from him. Yeah. Um, just listening to Matt Lanter, I mean, I kind of got lost in that a little bit. I, I'm i going to be honest. I didn't hear the first half of your commentary just a second ago because I was just still...
2: Thinking about yeah.
1: I was just still in it, right? Like, his... Just listening to his voice without the visuals, um, it was just the the the... The emotion and the power in in what he's he's saying to her, um, it was just it was really really great really well done. Mm-hmm. So, I uh, I mean I I'm really enjoying this arc so far. Uh, for for what issues I have with sort of the pacing and the uh, and, mm-hmm. and, and and the plot development, um, I like a good mystery and uh, oh yeah. Yeah. and this this story is a good mystery because this is one that um i don't i I don't have it pegged i don't know what's happening either (laughs) in the next in the next two episodes yeah um and every time i think i've got it figured out something happens and it's like i wonder wonder where we're going with that i mean the 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 key card showing up so that ahsoka can escape um and you think you're going oh okay so somebody's somebody's helping her to escape so she gets out. She starts running. She turns around a corner, and there's three dead clone troopers with lightsaber scars. And you're like, "Wait a second! This isn't just about her escaping. This is about her looking guilty." Yeah. So now that she's escaped, this also looks like she's the one who's killed these these three clone Clones. troopers. Yeah. Um, and uh, and it, it just kind of keeps going from there to to make her look more more and more. Uh, like she's she's the cause of this and uh, the the fugitive callback is a great one. the the callbacks to a new hope uh, were fantastic. just perfectly done. Um, close enough that you know what they're going for without a doubt, but different enough that it was still interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, so so right. yeah I mean I I, I just, this episode, there's, I don't have a ton to say other than what we've already talked about, because it's really about what's going to happen in the next two, I think. so
2: Right. Um, uh, that's what I have to say. I, I really enjoyed this one. Like I said, a couple of these scenes had me on the edge of my seat, mm-hmm. and I just can't wait to get uh, some answers to all these questions that this thing is raising and uh you know we're talking about the clone wars where we know where this is going but this is the thing folks i mean for for anybody that you know that's not watching it and they think well it's just the clone wars i know what happens (laughs) talk to them about these episodes i mean i have no clue like we just talked about this is up in there we have no clue where this is going this is kind of an exciting exciting um you know four episodes to end out the series to see what is actually behind all this so good good stuff good stuff uh, let's get over to uh, Facebook and see w- what's going on over there.
0: Wait a minute. Play back the entire message. Where are those transmissions you intercepted? He is carrying a message from an Obi-Wan Kenobi. I was beginning to wonder if you would got my message. I saw part of the message. You- I seem to have
2: Alright, today's Facebook post actually is from our very own Jason Boyd Hunt over at the Wampus Lair Podcast. If you guys haven't heard of that, check it out. Uh, he does some Good stuff over there with Carl LeClaire. Uh, he says, uh, I have a theory about the fate of Darth Maul. I think Palpatine is going to ultimately send Maul to take out Mother Talzin. If Maul succeeds in killing her, what happens to the Sisters' magics holding him and his sanity together? If Talzin dies, I think Maul reverts back to insane Maul. So the, a couple of cool things here, Mike. Um, we haven't seen uh, Talzin since uh, she was kind of... You know, we, we're still questioning, is she dead or is she a spirit now? What's going on with her? Mm-hmm. But then he also talks about how, um, you know, what happens to Maul. I mean, we saw what happens to to uh, Savage. This magic kind of came out of him and he reverted back to his normal self. So Jason's thinking that uh, Maul's going to revert back to his crazy self because that's the last time we saw him before he got all the magics in him. Uh, what do you think about that uh, theory? Uh, I,
1: I, think, I think that this is... Uh it's pretty genius on Jason's part. Um, Mm. I I do think that this would be, uh, Palpatine's way of killing two birds with one stone. Um, the likelihood of it happening, I think is about 50, 50, but, uh, the, the cleverness of this plot point is, uh, is 110% on Jason's part. I, Mm. I really like this idea. Uh, it's a really interesting way to do it. Um, it's an end to maul and I don't know that we're necessarily gonna see that in that sort of fashion uh, like I've said I think it's really important for obi-wan for his character to uh, to get closure mm-hmm. on that so so I wouldn't want to see this but I do like the um, yeah. the implications of it um, right. I, I think I think it's very it, it is an intelligent. Uh, assumption that that by killing Talzin you would be severing maul's tie to to whatever magic is keeping him sane mm-hmm. but at the same time he's also uh, he's also gone through several stages right he he started off at he's sort of he's he's returned to himself i guess you could say um because mm-hmm. he started with the spider legs and uh, and just being completely gone uh and then definitely I, I, a little bit more cohesive yeah. by the by the end of that arc but still still very full of rage and very out of control and and bloodthirsty um when he had the raptor legs to i uh, getting get sort of having a slight taste of revenge but then getting his uh, just desserts at the hands of Obi-Wan and Hondo um, hmm. and uh, and then taking more of a measured approach so, I don't know that the insanity is necessarily still there, I think that Maul might have his own handle on things we wouldn't have to worry about the legs because he's now got a different pair, mm-hmm. um so, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I, I could see them playing it both ways. Yeah. Uh, but I, I do think it's really important that Obi-Wan get his yeah, I know. You talked about that, yeah. justice, right? Like, And right. that's not about revenge. That's about, that's about um, I mean, there's an aspect of revenge to it, I suppose. But I think that there's also an aspect of... Uh, Obi-Wan wouldn't be doing it out of anger... Obi-Wan would be doing it out of a sense of obligation. He's responsible for Maul. Mm-hmm. Um, he is most certainly responsible for S- Satine's death. Mm-hmm. Uh, as much as Darth Maul is the one who perpetrated the, the, the slaughter. Uh, I I mean that's the moment in, in um, uh, the Lawless when, when those blast doors open and Obi-Wan sees the the destruction that look on his face that yeah. look on his face isn't oh my goodness look at all of this death and destruction that look on his face is what have I done what am I responsible for I I didn't stop him before and I didn't stop him last time like I I, I underestimated his his power the last time that I encountered him and barely made it out of that. And once again, here I am running. I mean, we gave General Grievous in season one a lot of flack for running away from fights a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, Obi Wan has run away from two fights with, uh, some would say, three fights with Darth Maul so far. I uh, fights that he's gone looking for and then had to run away. I mean, it's a uh, it, there. There's a there's a balance that needs to happen here. And uh and and so I
2: That would be the balance, yeah.
1: Yeah, I I I personally need to see <laughs> Darth Maul and Obi Wan Kenobi face off one more time mm-hmm. before the end of this series. Uh I think it's in the cards. Uh whether or not that is the end of Maul I guess is is another is another thing. Uh but but I guess I guess we'll just have time's gonna tell, right? We'll have to wait and see.
2: Yeah, that's one of those other points that gosh i hope we get to see you know it, palpatine's got plans for maul and and what is it going to be so gosh, there's tons mm-hmm. of questions out there it's just good times good times um that is actually going to do it for that we got the upcoming episode description coming up next week it's called to catch a jedi and again in the interest of spoilers i'm going to leave out just uh, a name here uh, it says on the run in the underworld ahsoka makes a bargain with a past character while hunting for proof of her innocence. So, um, like I said, in the interest of spoilers, I'm going to leave out that name. But, obviously we got to continue on what Ahsoka's mm-hmm. going to do. I mean, she's on the run now in Coruscant. How is she going to deal with finding out who is actually behind this? And, are we going to find out who that Jedi is in this episode? Or is it going to be saved for the season finale? Um, but I'm very excited to see how they're going to finish this up. Man, it's going to be good.
1: Let's just say I might not be entirely off base for the next episode. Let's okay. just say that yeah. okay. as a not too spoilery.
2: Oh, I was so, going to say, I don't have, um, unfortunately, I don't have a preview for next week. If we can get one, uh, we'll just skip it in here right now at this particular time.
0: After further investigation, there can be little doubt that the clone officers murdered and escaped were killed by none other than Ahsoka Tono herself a jedi mind trick to convince the clone to open the door and then proceeded to cut him down along with five other clones along the way i do not believe that ahsoka could have fallen so far the beliefs of the jedi council are irrelevant we deal strictly in facts and evidence and the evidence points to padawan being guilty of the attack on the temple and the murder of the republic officers this is sedition <sighs> Skywalker was there no way to stop your padawan before she escaped no master Monday the council
2: believes that Ahsoka may be guilty of the crime still believe they are wrong do you hmm? mm-hmm. but if not um, <laughs> we'll just have to go with that <laughs> yeah I was able to get one but uh, other than that though that's gonna do it for this week Mike that is that that's it for us this week Uh, Don't forget to
1: check us out online at www.clonewarspodcast.com, over on Facebook, facebook.com slash clonewarspodcast, and on Twitter at twitter.com slash clonewars. You can tweet us at clonewars. And you can send all your comments, questions, and feedback to mail at clonewarspodcast.com. Thank you guys for listening, and we will see you next week on Frontline's The Clone Wars Podcast.
2: See you guys next week. Well, another close to another wonderful show.
0: Obi Wan Kenobi here saying thank you for listening to Frontlines, the Clone Wars podcast, brought to you of course by StarWarsDaily.com. The force is strong with you all, and it will be with you always.